0: We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves? and of our clients. We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. I'm so happy that you are here with me today to discuss this very important topic, Gestalt language. So Gestalt language is so good, not only for the children with autism spectrum disorder to improve their communication skills, but it's so important for speech language pathologists to improve their communication skills. So the more we know about Gestalt language, the better we're going to be as therapists and the better we're going to understand children with autism spectrum disorder. So let's dive into this really important topic. The first thing we're going to want to ask is what is gestalt language? Gestalt language is basically when children take a bundle of words and bundle them together and memorize them as a whole unit. So we've all used gestalt language before, and it helps us memorize information. Everyone here, I'm betting today, learn the ABCs by singing the ABCs. And if you can remember, if you stopped in the middle, you couldn't remember which letter came next. You had to take it to the very end. And at the end said, now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? You just can't stop before you get to the end. That is a gestalt that we've all used. And it helped us effectively memorize 26 symbols of the the alphabet before the age of kindergarten. Now, if you can remember that gestalt, that was the memorization phase. What did we do with the ABCs after that? We took those ABCs and we spontaneously and generatively used them. And we combined them to form different words. We took them apart. We segmented them. We sounded them out. We used them generatively, but not in the beginning. First, we memorized them. And that's exactly what the children with autism are doing. They're memorizing language as a step one. And after they memorize the language, then they're able to take it and use it generatively and spontaneously. So when I evaluate a child that uses gestalt language. A lot of the parents apologize. They're like, I'm so sorry. We tell them, you know, we're not talking about that now. And I'm like, no, 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 this is wonderful. What your child's doing right now is your child's memorizing and practicing the words. And after they know it, then they're going to be able to spontaneously use it and combine them in new ways. This is great what they're doing is great. This is just like when you learned your ABCs, they're using learning language. Maybe it's not coming naturally. They have to memorize it first, but then after that, they're gonna spontaneously use it. So it's really important to explain to parents that Gestalt is good. So let's talk about as a speech language pathologist, why Gestalt is so good for us to be better therapists If you look at what children are gestalting, maybe it's a piece of a song, you can analyze that song and say, why, why are you singing that ABC song from ABC mouse? Your mom's like, that's the song from ABC mouse. I'm trying to get him to stop singing. I'm really sorry about that. No, I don't care about that. I want to know why, why are you singing that song? So when I look at the reasons why, I'm going to often find these seven reasons. Number one, I'm going to find that that song was presented in an exciting manner. So that means the speech was probably accompanied by quick movements. There were alterations in the speech, all of this stuff that excites the brainstem, right? So that means the child paid attention. It cut through the static. Secondly, it's probably gonna be multimodal. They probably not only heard the words, but they saw visuals with it and movement with it. So it was multimodal forms of information they got in. Third, they probably heard it repeatedly, not just one time. Fourth, it was probably emotional. So the child at the time was probably extremely, extremely happy or extremely upset. So that means they're more likely to remember it. This is an important piece of information. Fifth, it's probably melodic, sing-songy, catchy. Sixth, it's probably related to the child's interest. Child probably likes letters. So it's no surprise the child is singing the ABC song. And lastly, seven, it's probably lengthy. It's grammatically correct, it's not short. More is more. So when we look at these seven pieces of information, you're gonna say, this is what I'm gonna wanna do when I'm modeling new language concepts for the child. I'm going to want to present them in a multimodal fashion. I'm going to want to have the visuals and the movement and the images and the printed word because that works. He's learning language that way. Secondly, I'm going to want to present it in an exciting manner. I'm going to want to alter my speech. I'm going to want to have a lot of movement. I have to cut through the static and get the attention. Like, whoa, pay attention to me. I'm bigger than all of this visual and auditory input that you're taking in that's flooding you. I'm guessing that's oftentimes what's happening. They're being flooded with noises and flooded with light and flooded with visual input. I got to break through that. So how am I going to do that? By being very animated. Hmm, what else could I learn from this gestalt speech? I can also learn to be emotional. Oh, the kids love that. I think because a lot of our children, they don't have control over their bodies. They don't have control over their environment. They don't have control over others and how they communicate with others and interact with others. Because communication is largely nonverbal. And as we've talked about before, it's estimated that about 90% of them have significant motor impairments. So when we look at these children, they don't have control. They're deprived of control. So if I'm giving uh, feedback with my emotion, with a lot of, oh, I'm scared, oh no, or what they do really, really matters a lot to me. It impacts me. You have control. What you do matters. You are in control here. That's gonna be really, really rewarding. So being emotional is going to be good. They love it when they give me angry dog teeth, the children with autism, and I go, oh, and I shake. I'm so scared. And I cover my eyes. They love that. They're in control. All right. Another reason why it's related to their interest. So if I want to introduce concepts, I'm going to care a lot about what they love and their interests. And the research indicates children with attention deficit disorder and children with autism spectrum disorder, interests really matter. If you use their interests, they're going to learn more quickly and they're gonna remember it much more than their neurotypical peers. What else can I learn from the Gestalt? To speak longer and more complex. and This is very, very important it i am speaking from my heart here this hurts my heart when i hear the advice given to children with autism spectrum disorder to speak in short telegraphic i call caveman simplified truncated whatever you want to call it speech this is not how children with autism spectrum disorder learn look at their speech, look at their gestalts, look at how long they are and how complex they are and how melodic they are. If you start doing the um, dog yellow, talk with them, dog in, dog out, dog go. What you're doing is you're taking away the melody of speech, which they really benefit from. But even more than that, you're making it short. And when you make it short for a child with auditory perception difficulties or a child that also is likely to have difficulties orienting their attention, sustaining their attention, shifting their attention, they missed it. Do not. I beg of you, there's absolutely no research to support this line of thinking, and it's detrimental to children with autism spectrum disorder to give them short utterances. Do not do it. Do not give them non-grammatical short utterances. So don't do it, because when you do that, you are going you're, you're doing what you're thinking. This is what would be beneficial for a child who's neurotypical. These children are neurodiverse. The wiring in the brain is differently. You have to treat them differently if you're going to be effective. When you're doing short, you're ignoring the fact that they likely have auditory perception difficulties and that they likely have attentional difficulties. You go, this is how you're presenting language. Did you get that? I, I didn't get that, don't do it. So this is just based on their, their disorder, based on what we know about them and what their challenges are, but the research from Vanderbilt, the latest research, with the largest number of children has also found not only is short less beneficial, but longer, more grammatically complex, more diverse vocabulary is correlated to better language outcomes. Less is less, more is more when it comes to children with autism spectrum disorder. To give them less speech is to impoverish them of a linguistically rich environment It would be as if you were to say, because they have visual perception difficulties, we're going to put them in a room with nothing inside, and we're going to show them two objects. That you can't do that to these children. They don't need less. The research indicates they need more. So this is very, very important. Please, I beg of you, do not give caveman speech to these children with autism not only do i say don't give caveman speech to children with autism don't give it to any child after 7 months of age after infancy infancy there's no reason why you should be speaking in sentences with children longer is better grammatically correct is better okay so follow the research and also follow the child the child is showing you I get longer, okay? All right, the next thing we're going to look at here is what can we learn from, as we, as we take this down, gestalt language as a takeaway. We're gonna talk about this. The two takeaways we have is this. One, children with autism spectrum disorder use gestalt speech as a means of memorizing language. It's an important first step, and it's one that we really want to encourage. Secondly, we need to take notes. Pay attention to the gestalt speech. And what is it that the gestalt speech, what are the characteristics of it that is resulting in the child remembering the speech because we wanna adopt these characteristics as speech language pathologists so that we can be more effective at teaching children with autism spectrum disorder. We have to remember these children have a neurodiverse brain, so they require a neurodiverse approach to be effective, but these children are our professors. They are showing us, pay attention to the kids, exactly what we need to do. So thank you so much for joining me today on this extremely important topic. I want you to take this knowledge. I want you to go out in the world. And I want you to go and make it a better place, one child at a time, by creating change today for better tomorrows. If you like this podcast make sure to give it a glowing review and share it with a friend I'll see you next Thursday